0: Fired up Friday. I'm Gerard Pampa, Lean Six Sigma Master Black Belt and Principal Consultant at Dynamic Resolutions Group. I will be discussing topics that fire me up. Before I begin, I would like to give a shout out to Ashley, Elsie, and Ray for their inspiration for this podcast. Today's topic is healthcare consumerism and the need for a patient centric model. As you may or may not know, the United States ranks last overall among 11 industrialized countries on measures of health system quality, efficiency, access to care, equity and healthy lives, according to Commonwealth Fund report. This results in the highest cost and lowest performance of any of these nations at $8,508 per person. This podcast will focus on three of these metrics: access, efficiency, and quality of care. In my experience, the poor results of these metrics are driven by the variation in our healthcare system. This variation can be by system, state, city, and by neighborhood. Data analysis has proven that socioeconomic status drives insurance coverages, access, as well as effective and safe care. In fact, the main purpose of the Affordable Care Act was to increase insurance coverage and access to care. In my career, I've had the pleasure to work in three different industries, and healthcare is by far the least customer-centric. From the article, Hospitals Find Asthma Hotspots More Profitable to Neglect Than Fix, state that residents from an area in Baltimore visit hospitals for asthma flare-ups at more than four times the rate of people from the city's wealthier neighborhoods, according to data analyzed by Kaiser Health News and the University of Maryland Capital News Service. But like hospitals across the country, the institutions have done little to address the root cause of asthma. That the perverse incentives of the healthcare payment system have long made it more lucrative to treat severe, dangerous asthma attacks than to prevent them. This illustrates the failed approach that focuses on the downstream and not the upstream of the process, which in this case is prevention. By the way, this continued cycle adds to everyone's cost, especially since they are most likely visiting the emergency department several times a year. Another example that highlights this issue is from the article, American kids are 70% more likely to die before adulthood than kids in other countries. Research published in the journal Health Affairs shows the United States lags far behind peer countries on child health outcomes. It estimates that since 1961, America's poor performance accounts for more than 600,000 excess child deaths. Deaths that wouldn't have happened if these kids were born into other wealthy countries. The authors argue that some of this most likely has to do with America's fragmented healthcare system. For example, a new mother may go without health insurance before becoming pregnant when she would usually qualify for Medicaid, and that could lead to untreated health issues ultimately affecting the child. If we move to efficiency, specifically unnecessary tests and procedures, I have referenced the article. How unnecessary tests, scans, procedures, and surgeries are affecting your patient. American doctors routinely prescribe medical treatments that are not based on sound science. The delivery of useless or low-value services should concern anyone who cares about improving the quality, safety, and cost-effectiveness of medical care. Estimates vary about what fraction of the treatments provided to patients is supported by adequate evidence, but some reviews place the figure at half. Let this sink in for a sec, a science-based practice has been found not to use science. That's pretty scary. One study found that over-treatment added between 158 and $226 billion to healthcare spending in 2011. That's a billion with a B, as in boy. Once a treatment becomes popular, it's hard to dislodge. Several surgeries that were found ineffective continue to be performed despite being refuted in research. Some physicians have pushed back because they are sensitive to being second-guessed, and the art of the profession play a large role. Personally, I have always been fascinated as a consumer and a patient on how much we assume takes place in our healthcare system. Evidence-based medicine would seem to be a sure thing, but that has been proven not to be the case all the time. This is a perfect segue into my next point. How frequently would you think clinicians wash their hands? Take a moment and shout out the answer. Numbers have ranged as a low as 30 to 50% in some healthcare systems, another metric that has wide variation. Washing your hands has proven to be inconsistent in practice, a practice taught at a very early age, mind you. Imagine a restaurant posting a sign stating that they wash their vegetables 30 to 50% of the time. How would you feel? As you're digesting this information, no pun intended, you should be startled, if not stupefied, by the severity and frequency that this occurs. I've had many conversations with colleagues over the years on how little people know and realize that is taking place daily in healthcare. We are really only one step away from bloodletting. With all the technology and advancements, we have not conquered washing our hands or embracing evidence-based medicine. With everything I have reviewed up to this point, it is important to note that these are system failures, not necessarily personnel. Although you could argue it becomes a matter of personal responsibility and accountability, I would argue through countless hours of observation, research, and experience, healthcare has failed to implement process and structure to support the delivery of these metrics. A quote from Barbara Balik from the commonfire.com states, if employees are not doing their best, then we have not created the environment for them to do their best. By now you should be asking yourself, How does consumerism fit in this picture and how can it positively affect these metrics? From the article, How Real Is Healthcare Consumerism? Consumerism has been making inroads into the healthcare industry for at least a decade, with patients increasingly acting like consumers who have a choice in their healthcare options, trying to make the best decisions for quality and cost, just as they do with any other commodity. However, there are limits to how much patients can play the savvy consumer. Despite growing access to quality metrics and hospital rankings, there are still holes in the data that can make it difficult to discern meaningful differences among providers, and even if patients have adequate information, they may be unable to choose freely because of the health plan restrictions and other limitations. In conclusion, without freedom of choice, the consumer can only control so much of the process. Therefore, I would recommend the following for patients and consumers your best option to is avoid healthcare system as much as possible stay active eat healthy and limit stress the less exposure the safer you will be if you are over 70 years old and admitted to a hospital there is a high likelihood that you will leave with an infection you did not bring with you don't assume challenge norms ask questions stay informed do research and always ask for options and alternatives if something doesn't look and feel right It is probably not right. You have to be your own best advocate. As a healthcare institution, consider your organization a part of the service industry. Create processes and structures that support a patient centric model. Empower your employees to address issues and solve problems. Design for the patient experience. Engage family members and caregivers to ensure communication has been made and understood. Embrace innovation that enhances patient engagement, self care, and personalization what a great way to differentiate yourself from your competitors service offerings should not be limited to certain procedures or surgeries performed but create patient delighters such as free parking, extended clinical hours, wayfinding and concierge services utilize other industries like retail and restaurant for service ideas break down silos and create standard organizational wide solutions drive quality into your processes and everything else will follow lastly My organization can help by analyzing data, reviewing your pain points, and documenting the voice of the customer. We can assist in redesigning your processes to provide solutions that meet or exceed your metric goals. Check out the website at www.dynamicrg.com and at Twitter at drginfo. Always remember and never forget, as Rush from the song Grand Design stated, So much style without substance, so much stuff without style. It's hard to recognize the real thing. It comes along once in a while. Thank you.